0: Welcome back. We've got a fun email to read to you guys um, right out of the gates. And then we're going to finish up our points that we started the other day on how to avoid the 3 a.m. night sweats. So, uh, Julie, why don't you just go ahead and read Nora's email. But before you do, I want to tell you that literally she and I are chatting right now. <laughs> and I just told her – uh, uh, um, this is my last chat to her. I said, oh, and we were reading your email on the show today. And she's clear across the country. So, you know, technology and whatnots making it so that – She can't type fast enough to tell me not to use her name when reading the email. So go ahead and use her name. <laughs> <laughs> okay, listeners, Nora Lynch,
1: great broker you'll, in. You'll understand in
0: a second. Which, yeah, it's a full confessional from this uh, longtime listener and a friend of ours, coaching client, and an H C C A, a a certified coach as well. So, uh, yeah. listeners, you're gonna be before she could ask me not to because I could see that she's busily typing <laughs> in chat. You guys know, you know how that looks mm-hmm. you, when you're when you're when someone's texting you back, so it hasn't come through. So read it. <laughs>
1: Yes, and so Go just it, so we're this clear, this is Nora Lynch-Smith, who is a broker in uh, Wellesley, Massachusetts. So any Massachusetts referrals will be well handled by her. Okay, so Nora writes, and first of all, the title of her email is OMG, Orange Theory Fitness. Nora writes, greetings, Tim. I know you like to keep things short and sweet on emails, so here it goes. You were right. Thank you. Julie, you can read the rest of this. <laughs> she knows us well. So yesterday, <clears throat> excuse me, I walked into – this is Nora – Speaking, yesterday I walked into OTF and signed up. Okay, first step doesn't really count. This morning I had every reason not to go. It was raining. I was enjoying my new Tempur-Pedic bed in zero gravity mode. That sounds pretty cool. And last night a buyer agent called me and I needed to show one of my listings at 10 a.m. So how possibly was I going to get home by 9 a.m., take a shower, get ready. Maybe I should just go another day instead. Every reason not to go, right? But no, I did what I didn't want to do when I didn't want to do it at the highest level, I still had more reasons not to go through with this OTF. For example, three back surgeries in my life, can't do the rowing or the sit-ups. A broken wrist, can't do those bear walks. Shin splints, hard to do those inclines on the treadmill. Well, I still participated full on with the elliptical, the treadmill, and the bike, and the weights. I so didn't want to be there. It was horrible, with a smiley face after it. But I kept telling myself that my future me was thinking thanking me right at that moment, even though I was thinking how much I hated being there. Another smiley face. I worked up a major sweat and burned some major calories, and heck, I may just be able to run the NAR Realtor Relief Fund 5K in Boston in 30 days. Now that you've said it, you're going to have to do it, Nora. So thanks, Julie and Tim, for your pushing and being right there, front and center. You are spot on. Oh, and I'm one of those who need to lose 20 pounds, maybe more, so I am listening, Tim. And then she had a follow-up email, which I think is even better, where she wrote, oh, one more thing. By the way, I meant to put this into my other email. My first time at OTF today, and I ran into a direct buyer customer of mine that bought a $1.3 million house last year in my OTF class. And, of course, she introduced me to all of her friends. So thank you for sharing that, Nora. We really appreciate you. You're already a really killer broker, taking really great care of your clients, and now you're taking really great care of yourself. So keep up the good work. And, yes, I agree with you 1,000% that any day – I don't care what kind of workout it is at OTF, is indeed a day of doing what you don't want to do when you don't want to do it, and hoping to do it at a high level. <clears throat> I feel that every single time, and I shouldn't say day, it's only an hour, but sometimes it feels like a day. So, nice job. Back to you, Tim.
0: Here's the interesting thing that I really, and I actually, she she finally got back and she said that she, she wants us to read it, so we have permission. Um, she listens <laughs> to the show in replay. She, she's not listening live, so she's going to listen to it in replay. Um, but you know what? Uh, where she should be really congratulated on that is a doing it, but b overcoming her own internal BS about all the reasons why she was somehow physically impaired from doing OTF. Reminds me, frankly, of somebody else I know. I don't remember her name. Uh, what was mm. her name? This little
1: I little woman,
0: like, that static? <laughs> <laughs> I it think might think be a you, Julie. I mean, I that was your belief system, too. I know. But, you well, know, guys, that's true. And
1: I still sometimes slip into believing that when I'm on those crazy inclines like we have to do today.
0: Yeah. yeah. well, I do it guys, anyway. Oh, we do. So, so guys, that's, that's the moral of the story, right? I mean, you heard Nora in her own words come up with her own list of BS as to why she couldn't do, you know, the, the OTF workout, which isn't really – it's strenuous, guys. But it, come on now give me a break it's not like we're it's not like buds it's not like we're all training to be navy seals right this is just a normal workout that's involved it's, it's designed by physicians it's you know designed to. Act, who cares who cares go experience it you'll know what we're talking about but back to nora the amazing part was is that she had her head screwed on straight enough to push back against her own internal bs and do what she didn't want to do and she didn't want to do it at the highest level and i know that julie pushed through the same thing it took julie like Honestly, what, Julie, three or four months if we're being, yeah, probably more like three months, right, before you actually stop yeah. believing that you're somehow physically impaired and you couldn't, I mean, you believe you that you believe not You're probably going to die from it. Yeah, you yeah. believe something was well, wrong I, with your and knees. I,
1: I get into this yeah. a lot in our new book, by the way, talking about yeah. uh, stages of actually dealing with this. This is not like a wake up and just all of a sudden you figured it out and you're fine. it, it You do have to work through a lot of that, and Nora's going to be experiencing some of that. But the great thing about OTF is the coaches actually know what they're doing, and they're going to help you make those breakthroughs faster than you probably would do on your own. You know, I remember, like, I've I've never done the rower before, but I remember when Coach Antonio showed me that if I could just row it, whatever it is, 200 plus watts, I think it is, that that makes a huge difference in your heart rate, and then showed me better form, and then I got it, right? I remember the first time I saw somebody I think ever in my life running at 12 miles an hour like that's is that, isn't that what cheetahs do right like how do you yeah. do that and, and so that was a breakthrough that that could actually happen and be sustainable and when she got off she didn't die didn't go to the emergency room you know like just seeing other people well, do it, it has value let's it. Well, but let's yeah. reel this back in right <laughs> So yep. here,
0: here's the reason that this is important and that this conversation is important. Because there are so many different things in all of our lives where we have these limiting beliefs about what we're capable of doing. And Julie and I want to be completely transparent with all of you guys, not a big fan of that stupid word, but whatever, completely transparent about our own you know, lifetime struggles and our own challenges because we want you guys to relate to it and we want to tell you. And use, oftentimes we'll try to use coaching clients as examples like we just did with Nora. The idea being you guys can see yourself in her words and realize that you probably are holding yourself back because you are. You are holding yourself back so here's the thing i know assuming nora sticks with it and long as we're basically in her ear on a regular basis as her coaches i assure you that she shall um where else is she holding herself back and nora you're going to be listening in replay and so i want you to send an email to me and i want to be with your permission read it on the show i want to know where else you're holding yourself back where else are you holding yourself back you you, you can go as personal as you'd like you know what Julie? why don't we just meander down that path right so, when you realize that you 're holding yourself back and you 're capable of far more than you uh, than you thought yourself uh, even considered yourself being able to do it 's a scary moment if we 're being honest. You know when mm-hmm. you realize it 's scary it 's a little bit depressing too. The depressing part is because you look back and you realize, "Holy crap, had I known what I know now, think how much more I could have done." Uh, you know, in the past, right? So that's a little depressing, a little scary, but just push past that because the fact is is that you now have information about, you know, you're loading in new software, so let's make sure we use it going forward. So where else are you holding yourself back? And if you really drill down on that, if you really look to see the other uh, places in your life where you're complacent, there's unintended consequences in a positive way of making these small little micro changes. When you lose weight and you get in but but well here's one okay Julie made this comment yesterday to me and I hadn't even realized it she said she noticed that I'm standing up straighter than I used to and I thought well that's interesting I wonder why I and I don't I didn't know I was but maybe it's because I don't know maybe physically I'm stronger or phys, you know from having you know gotten in great shape in the past year or maybe it's because. Maybe subconsciously I'm more confident now or somehow physically I'm more confident, and so I'm carrying myself in a different way. You guys get it? I mean right. I don't know what's going on in my subconscious well, mind. But e- even that,
1: if it is subconscious, it's, it's happening, and it, it yeah. speaks to the unintended consequences, and that can work you know, for you or against you depending on how consciously you're working on yourself.
0: Right. So if we look at, for example, if we look at, for example, the idea that you list, we'll just make this real. You know, so everyone can understand it. Some people take the whole weight conversation and getting in shape thing. You guys treat food like it's a religion, honestly, and it's a huge mistake. Treating what you eat as something that's somehow tied to who you are Favorite. as a person, and it's your, it's your, you know, that's something you really need to address because. Food in itself is just nourishment. It's just something to keep your body going. And when you realize you are emotionally uh, attached to what you're consuming, um, then if you just have that one thought and allow yourself to experience that one thing, and then you start opening your mind to, well, what is what are the ramifications, the unintended consequences of eating those mashed potatoes, of having that bread? And then you've got to start asking yourself, is it really worth it? Is this temporary satisfaction of having that piece of apple pie that would last, what, 30 seconds, 45 seconds, you know, if you're like Zoe, it'll last like two seconds. Is it really worth the long-term ramifications of basically having that uh, in your body and on your body for probably longer than you'd like to admit? When you start consciously thinking about what you're putting into your body, you'll start changing. When you start consciously thinking about what you're allowing to go into your head as far as where you're getting your information from, There's another big breakthrough for many of you. So when you listen to our podcast and you're hearing Julie and I not holding back in any way, telling you to do what you don't want to do when you don't want to do it at the highest level, and we're giving you complete and total honesty about a lot of the bad, stupid things that are going on in our industry, not just our industry, small business in general, and why you guys are doing it. We know why you do it because Julie and I are coaches. We're professional coaches. We've had hundreds of thousands of we're not bullshit coaches, guys. We've had hundreds of thousands of personal one-on-one calls where people are paying us you know, thousands of dollars to help them move past their own limiting beliefs about what they're capable of. And so what Julie and I have, have learned from that experience is what truly does work and what truly doesn't work. We had uh, our opinions based on our own selling real estate – where we sold real estate for almost 10 years, between 100 and 200 homes per year. But the reality of it was is the coaching validated a lot of the, the beliefs that we had. And we obviously, through having all these coaching calls, have learned a lot ourselves. So when we talk to you guys or we listen to you or we go to a real estate event or we're, you know, we have different exposures to different ways that people are thinking, and we can immediately see uh, the unacon- unintended consequences of, for example, building a team. We can see the unintended consequences of buying buyer leads, of worrying about your branding, of spending too much time on things that do not lead directly to a paycheck, and the things that really honestly keep us motivated to continue to be, um, as really do everything in our power to make you guys listen are the unintended consequences, the accumulation effect of all those unintended consequences, and then you're old. That's what uh, Julie and I, Because we have uh, coaching clients who are – now, we have coaching clients who are uh, at retirement age or older, you define what that is, who are very well off, rich, and just doing real estate for fun, okay? Those guys are a hell of a lot of fun to coach. But we also have coaching clients who are the same age group but don't have any money. And if you go back and you ask them what they would have done differently, they'll always tell you they avoided the heavy lifting. They'll always tell you in their own words – that they took the, they took the shortcut. Mm-hmm. They lived with the extra 30 pounds. They lived with basically buying buyer leads. They accepted the inconsistent cash flow. They would accepted the fact that, oh, I need to do all this. They avoided the things that they actually had to do. And now, maybe they're in their 60s or their 70s, and we've had people in their 80s. You know, at that point, they're now realizing, I should have done what I didn't want to do and I didn't want to do it at the highest level. When you guys just accept the fact that everything that you want in life is on the other side of sustained discomfort when you just accept that. Just say, you know what? I do not give a shit about what everybody else is telling me about the easy button and just buy leads and how e- all these ego things. I know that the more dis- uncomfortable I am the more of a payoff there's going to be on the other side of it. Nor is learning that going to Orange Theory. Julie and I learn that virtually every day when we go to Orange Theory. It always sucks. You know, which Some of you guys are resisting having that breakthrough when it comes to doing things like, for example, the basic shit in real estate, like calling a for sale by owner and expired to your centers of influence and past clients. Oh, no, I'm going to email them, brother, and I ain't not calling anybody. Mm-mm, don't like that. Not going to do it. Why? Because you don't know what to say. Because you don't know how to say it. Because your ego tells you, I don't like getting phone calls. They won't like getting phone calls. We've heard all this before. We know why. It's because you just don't want to do it because it makes you uncomfortable. That's it. But what if you were to? What if you were to do the things that made you uncomfortable for the next 90 days? Your life would change. I promise you. So, Nora, I salute you. I really do. We love you. Thank you for doing what you didn't want to do and you didn't want to do at the highest level. But this is just day one, sister. Um, you got to do this. This has got to be a new lifestyle, and you got to. And this is just between Nora, Julie, and I. You got to change what you're eating too. That's the main thing. Going to OTF by itself is not going to do it. You know, you've got to read some of the books that we talked about. Just email me directly. I'll give you some other books. But you know, the whole keto. Low carb type lifestyle probably is a good fit for you. It's not for everyone, but it's probably a good fit for you. You might want to start there. Any other thoughts, Julie, before you finish out your points for today?
1: Yeah, well, I I think for me, and also I've seen this on coaching calls. One of the big differences between people who actually do those things that they don't want to do—not just talk about it, not just you know create a schedule and then not follow it, or you know gather some scripts but not use them. The difference is you've got to stop giving yourself the option whether you're going to do it or not. Just as Nora had the option this morning to stay in her super comfy therapeutic bed, she decided she was not going to give herself that option. She was going to do what she said she was going to do in spite of the fact that she didn't feel like doing it. That's the difference, is remove the option of whether you're going to do it or not. Remove the option of if you're going to call your leads back today or not. You know you're supposed to do it. Just do it. It's actually easier mentally. Than to have that strife. So that's my final thought on that. And related to this, we're talking about how to get rid of 3 a.m. real estate night sweats. Now, I had a call earlier today with one of our great elite coaching clients named Elizabeth in South Carolina, and she said she was listening to the podcast yesterday, and in fact, she had a 4 a.m. real estate night sweat, and so she was listening closely and knew exactly what we were talking about. So, this is for all of you who are like Elizabeth and occasionally. Sometimes more frequently than others, have those crazy nights where you just can't put your mind at ease, and a lot of that's caused by your real estate deals. So, yesterday we did points one through three. Today we're going to start with four. I like this point because it's keeping it real. Point number four again, how to get rid of real estate night sweats. Keep your perspective, it's real estate, it's not brain surgery. What is actually going on and what you think is happening might be two different things. Gather your facts before you make your plan. Be the non-reactive business person that you wish to be. Commit to being the leader of all of your transactions, not the follower. Negotiation is bringing parties together, not having to be right all the time. So there's a lot in that point, but really it gets down to perspective. You know, I joke with clients sometimes that, you know, it's not surgery. When a doctor has somebody expire, it's not good, okay? Okay. When you have something expire or somebody else does, it's just business. Keep it in perspective. And, you know, I know that in the middle of the night it's worse. And I always think about, you know, when I wake up in the middle of the night with a sore throat and it's like 3 o'clock in the morning and it's easy to, like, convince yourself that you've got the bird flu or something, right? Because it's just, like, so hard to deal with stuff in the middle of the night. And then you wake up and have a glass of water in the morning and you're fine, you know? It's really hard to have that perspective when you're in that zone. So remember this point when you're there. Point number five, stress is what makes you shine. The difference between a lump of coal and a priceless and beautiful diamond is the pressure that the coal has endured. It makes you better, stronger, and more skilled. It makes you shine. Point number six, be a specialist at versatility. Be able to handle a variety of people in a variety of situations, versatile agents who transform to be more like their clients, always make more money. Why? Because they're able to help more people. If you find you only have a certain type of client and you have maybe not a great ratio of taking your listing appointments and the the reaction is always, well, we just didn't hit it off. You gotta work on your versatility because if you continue to let that happen, you will only appeal to a certain type of person and that puts an income cap on what you're able to do. It's not fair to them, it's not fair to you, and it's fixable. It's not their job to be more like you. it's your job to be more like them. So if somebody's being very direct with you and you're a conflict avoider instead of saying, "Oh, they're just a jerk, I'm not going to work with them, how about you figure out how to be direct with them so you can communicate on their level get along and be of service? Does that make sense Tim?
0: it w absolutely it does and and that's the that's really kind of I hope you guys are listening to what Julie's saying. Because we don't like to use the word mindset because a lot of things are – a lot of, um, frankly, bad information is put into the bucket of uh, working on my mindset. A lot of laziness is, uh, you know, I'm going to work on my mindset. I'm going to read some books about mindset. The real way to fix your mindset, the real way to fix your uh, approach to things is just by taking actions, not by thinking about it or studying it or reading it. Lazy people ultimately are the ones that are going to spend all the time studying it, thinking about it, and doing it. Studying, thinking about it, reading about it, talking about it, commiserating about it, meditating about it, but not taking action. But doing what you don't want to do when you don't want to do it the highest level. That's all about being uncomfortable and taking action, getting ready to get started, which is all the rest of it. It's not doing what you don't want to do when you don't want to do it at, at the highest level. So don't fool yourself. So when you join our coaching program. Don't just attend the classes. Don't just attend the daily coaching. Don't just download things and read the training and whatnot. If you don't actually use the information we've given you and go into battle, well, guess what, guys? You're going to have essentially wasted your money and wasted your time. Fact. So please take these things seriously. By the way, if you're ready for your free coaching call, just go to freecoachingcallsforagents.com, freecoachingcallsforagents.com. I believe we have 11 uh, coaching spots available uh, tomorrow. So if you guys want to have a, coach, a coaching call with one of our new member coaches, go ahead, freecoachingcallsforagents.com, uh, and just schedule your call. And you will be given six free books. The one I want you to – well, there's two. One I want you to download right away. Uh, the two that I like the best, frankly, it, the one is most important is Real Estate Treasure Map. Get started on that. That's your 2019 uh, business plan. So download that one. The other one is Think and Grow Rich uh, for Real Estate. It's Julie and I's version. Um, of, well, we've added real estate stories to Napoleon Hill's book, Think and Grow Rich. So you get those books, and as long as – I mean, in addition to four other books for free. So just go ahead and go to freecoachingcallsforagents.com. com. Julie?
1: Yes, and in that Think and Grow Rich for Agents, there's also practical homework at the end of every chapter so that you know how to digest what Napoleon Hill wrote and what to do about it. I find a lot of people have read that book and they say, wow, well, that was, you know, really made me think differently, but then they kind of fall short of what to do next. So that's why we did it that way. I think you guys will enjoy that. All right, point number seven on our putting an end to the night sweats, show compassion. Without being a sponge, this one was hard for me, especially when we were doing, you know, 20, 30 transactions a month. And, you know, statistically, it seems like one out of five, maybe one out of ten if you're lucky, will just have some kind of epic issues going on all the time. Even if it's a perfect deal, there will be a personality quirk or there will be some issue with the other agent. Who knows? Statistically, you're going to deal with stuff when you start doing volume. And it, it was something I had to work on. To be honest, um, to not absorb all of those issues and all the consternation and the stress that the clients were going through, we were to be there of service. But sometimes you start absorbing all that stuff, and I, you know, I think you have to really draw a line between showing compassion, being compassionate, but not getting drawn into it. And that is a skill, and I think that's another thing that is a difference between top producers and people that can operate in this business at a high level, and probably not just in real estate, but in life, and everybody else. So it is showing emotion.
0: It's the showing emotion without right. Showing emotion without being emotional is what Julia was saying. So you all ought to write that down. We're not telling you to be uncaring, unloving. You know. Robots, what we are suggesting is that you need to protect yourself. Otherwise, you will literally burn yourself at both ends, and you'll have nothing left. It's not your job to absorb their stress. It's not your job to make their problems your problems. It's not your job to worry about all their health issues and financial issues and all the rest of it. You're not supposed to absorb their crap. That's not what you're supposed to do as a real estate professional, Julie.
1: Yes, that's it, and that goes for other things like prospecting and doing your lead follow-up and anything that you're probably avoiding because of how it's making you feel. I have a coaching client, and her saying is this. She says, zip, zip, I'm in my protective suit. Nothing will bother me. I'm here to be of service. That's her affirmation, and I think it's great. You know, It's a good visual. So point number eight, upgrade your skill set to improve your mindset. If you know that you're not prepared for tomorrow's listing presentation because you didn't pre-qualify them, you didn't send a pre-listing package, you didn't preview the competition, perhaps your 3 a.m. night sweats are telling you something. Maybe they're for a good use, especially if you're coming across the same stress over and over and over. So instead of continuing to live that life, upgrade your skill set and you'll find that your mindset improves right along with that. It's amazing when that happens. It's so funny when they get the pre-listing package done to them. They're like, all right, bring it on. Now I'm going to call it for sale by owner because now I've got this thing i put all of my energy into. I've got to use this pre-listing package. I know the scripts that go along with it. Now I'm prepared. It's so funny to see the confidence level change. It's great. So point number nine, prepare for your day the night before and be ready to take on the day versus scrambling at the last minute. That's just a simple preparedness and thinking forward actually treating it like a business day instead of winging your way through it and being a hobbyist. That's a pretty easy one. Point number 10, learn from your past mistakes. What is specifically causing your panic and how can you prevent this in the future? Maybe your panic is because you're still doing all of your transaction coordination and you're so disorganized you don't know who's got an inspection this week and who's closing. That's pretty easy to fix. Get yourself a transaction coordinator. Let them take care of all that. That's just one example, but learn from your past mistakes. Point number 11, and Tim was just talking about this, get help. Premier coaching is full of stress management techniques. We talk about it every day on every call, all of which go right back to skill building. I'm not just helping agents on that Premier coaching call. I'm always directing you back to something that you get in Premier coaching that supports you, like a script, a technique. Something having to do with time management, seller management. What do you say for price reductions? It's not just go do this. It's here's how you go do this. So get help. There's no reason that you need to struggle with this, especially considering we've been through this before. We've walked in your shoes. So back to you, Tim. And I have to actually go to Premier Coaching. So
0: you do. So listeners, here's the thing you got to remember. Julie and I have walked in your shoes, like she just said. We've been there, done that. We know what it's like to be in America that's changing. We know what it's like to you know, be facing down fourth quarter and, and feel the emotions that you're feeling. We know them from having personally experienced them, but at this point, frankly, we know them from having coached bazillions of agents. From those experiences, I can tell you that if you're feeling, if Julie, you know, she said something very important there, sometimes the stress that you're feeling is your subconscious mind trying to help you work out a solution to a problem. But at other times when you don't feel like you have control of it, when your stress and your emotions are kind of just bouncing all over the place where you can't seem to have a calm moment in your life, let alone in your brain, in your head, uh, and you're just that's what's emotionally causing you to feel burned out, that is something you can control. That is literally something – it's, a, it's a, dis, a dysfunctional way to think that you can correct if you just start by taking a methodical approach to how you're organizing what you're allowing yourself to think. What you're experiencing, if, you, if you're having that level of anxiety, is what you're experiencing is basically unbridled thought in that your thoughts are constantly replicating themselves. The one thought is becoming another that eventually becomes a thousand, and then you have all these competing things in your head that are vying for your attention. Um, you cannot function at a high level, at any level, if you allow that, To coexist in your life with what you're trying to actually accomplish in your life. You won't be present. So if you find yourself a lot of times, like right now as you're listening to this podcast, many of you are – and I listen to podcasts while doing other things as well, and I I understand completely – but are you also not being 100% present when you're doing the things that matter the most in your life? And, you know, we can talk about all the obvious things, being with your family and all that stuff, you know, play to the emotional heartstrings. But are, let's make it more practical and look on business things. Are you not present when you're in a listing presentation? Or is your mind watering so you're not that effective? Are you not present when you're on the phone with someone and you're trying to prequalify them? Because when you let your mind wander, you're going to, hit, you're going to miss the little nuanced uh, things that they are or not saying, which will help you to determine whether that's a customer worth pursuing. That's what happens when you have your brain is uh, essentially full of all these competing thoughts, and you have an inability to focus and be myopic. Myopic means essentially like tunnel vision. So if you want a visualization, what your goal is during the day is to be myopic on schedule. So if you're supposed to be doing this, you know, whatever this is for an hour in the morning, while you're doing that particular thing, you've got to be myopic focusing on that type of thing. We've taught on whatever that is. So we talked about how you could, you know, we talked about doing a brain dump before. You know, that's where at the end of the day, you write down everything that's in your head. It does not matter what it is. Get one of those big yellow legal tablets and just get ready to write. Because if you've never done this before, you will come up with pages of crap, and you cannot stop yourself. Don't stop yourself until literally you had not a remaining thought in your head. It does not matter how silly and and uh, tiny whatever it is that the thought is. You'll start out with the big things like I need to, you know, I need to pick up the dry cleaning, or I need to, you know, call so and so back over an inspection. I need to get a contract form signed. I need to get an earnest money check in. I, okay, that will be the big things, and then keep going, right? Let your brain just continue to basically dump on that piece of paper, and what other what other things come out of your out of your brain? You're going to get to stupid little things that you didn't even realize <laughs> were in your brain, and then you're going to look at potentially three and four. Pa- I remember the first time I did this. This was back when I was in my twenties, and and uh, Julie and I were selling real estate, and I was feeling very overwhelmed. You know, we, we had we sold over 100 houses our first year. we were doing that consistently, um, but it was just you know there's a lot of stress that's associated with operating at a high level, as a lot of you know. Uh, so I did this the first time, and it literally was like three or four pages of this you know the long legal tablet. And it was by the time I got to like the bottom of page two, I remember seeing, I, I can still visualize it in my head. The things I was writing down were just stupid, silly, goofy-ass things. But they were in my head, taking up space, occupying precious, you know, space that could have otherwise been used for good. And as soon as I wrote those things down, and I and, and and here's what you'll find when you go through this exercise, more things will come in your head. Just keep on writing, keep on writing, keep on writing. Okay. Somebody will see what you're doing and think you're crazy, you know, but it doesn't matter. Keep on writing. Just get it all out of your head, and then you're going to look at those pages, and you're going to realize how amazing it is when you are – that. all those things, all those worries, all those thoughts. Don't worry about where they came from. Don't try to substantiate them or don't try to understand them. Don't give them any more power. Those are just random thoughts that were in your head. Don't worry about where they came from. Don't worry about where they're going. Don't give them any power. I just said it. I said it again. Pay attention. But when you see them all in front of you like that, when you see all these little random things that are floating around your head, you will have a chuckle because you'll then see that you're thinking about or at least someplace in the recesses of your brain, you're thinking about or allowing some really silly things to occupy precious space. Now that they're on that piece of paper, the way that you can free yourself of them, and this really does work, is look at whatever that thought was and take that same, uh, you know, pen and scratch it off. Now you're going to go through this list, and you're then going to realize that there are some things that are in your head that need to be done. But I promise you, for every 50 what you thought, you know, for every 50 thoughts that you write down when you're doing this brain dump exercise, I bet you only five or maybe 10 are really worth your attention. And the rest were just garbage. Isn't that interesting? So how do you keep your mind from going uh, uh, up with bullshit again? One of the best ways to do it is staying media-free. No news, no radio, no nothing. Kill, God, avoid politics. Do not read any of the mainstream media. Do not read any of the main newspapers. Avoid politics. Media has become nothing but a big salacious, you know, it's gross. So just avoid it all. Don't allow new garbage thoughts that are in your brain, and then you'll start then focusing in every day easily on the things that you know that matter. So it's gonna be very tempting for a lot of us to do this because to, to not be media free because you get a little sensation, a little ego gratification when you read about something. When you're on Facebook and let's say you're you know, you take this political stance or that political stance and, and you see that somebody's bagging on Trump or you see someone supporting Trump, it gives you that little charge. Every time you allow yourself to feel either angry about what somebody is saying or you know, happy about what somebody's saying, you've just given away a precious part of yourself that you need to keep for yourself. Stop allowing people to pull or, you know, pull or push your buttons, okay? Don't allow people to manipulate you like that anymore. You need to completely be monastic like a monk and isolate yourself from all that garbage. And then it will happen faster than you think. You will regain control of not just how you think, but you'll regain uh, control of how you feel. And then you can start... Filling that time with the things that you know are going to improve your life. You won't have these competing thoughts. Tim, I want to, you know, I want to, damn it, I'm going to call five for sale by owners. I know who they are. They're great listings. I know I can get them. You know, I know three from church. I know, you know, two from whatever. I know I can get these for sale by owners. But I've got this big, long list of crap, and I'm not sure if I can take on any more listings. And I don't have my pre-listing packed on. And i got to pick up my kid from school. <laughs> Sound familiar? Okay, so... After you've done this exercise, you're not going to have all these excuses because all the things that were mattered are, are going to be on a separate list that you're then going to start whittling away at, and all these other cluttery thoughts are going to be gone, and you're not going to resist going after that opportunity to be of service to that unrepresented owner, a.k.a. seller. Obviously, you need to know what to say and how to say it. You're going to have to get the skills so you can get, be successful at that, but you know what to do with regards to that. You guys get it? So if you're feeling those real estate night sweats, if you're feeling lots of stress and anxiety, here's the takeaway. Here's the bottom line to these two shows. You're, at this point, choosing to have that sort of toxic uh, element in your life. You are choosing to feel that way. And I'm going to take this a step further. You are choosing to feel that way because it gives you an excuse not to have to do what you don't want to do when you don't want to do it at the highest level. Is that too obtuse for you? I'll make it easier. And this is a question that I know is going to offend people, and I do not care. Why does a fat person choose to be fat? Why? What are the benefits of being fat? I can tell you what the benefits of being fat are, because a long time ago I was fat. I'll tell you what they are. You get to eat what you eat, want to eat when you want to eat it. <laughs> you don't have to exercise and make yourself uncomfortable. Um, It also kind of gives you, like, you don't have to, if you're subconsciously, if you're not real confident about how you look, it also gives you a little bit of an excuse not to have to push yourself as hard in all aspects of your life because you have an excuse. You know, I'll go out, I'll take myself financially to the next level when I get my body in shape or, you know, I'm not going to try to chase that particular opportunity because, look, I'm fat. Who the hell is going to give me the time of day kind of thoughts, right? So there are benefits to being fat. There are no doubt there's benefits to being fat. So someone chooses to be fat because they value the benefits that they're getting from being fat more than what they perceive the benefits would be of not being fat. Okay? You can scale this. What are the benefits of – I'm not going to even make it – I'll keep it medical just to kind of keep on scratching. What are the benefits of being an alcoholic? What are the benefits of having financial problems? What are the benefits of um, not being successful? What are the benefits of having bad relationships with people you love? All of these bad, shitty behaviors that all of us will agree are things we don't want in our lives, they come with a set of benefits. That's why you do them. You do them because you get something from that bad behavior. You are getting something from acting like you are, even though you know it's not going to get you to where you want to be. You're getting something from it. That's the reason you're doing it. So it's a choice. When you allow yourself to just basically, you know, breathe it in what I just said, and I know some of you are going to be mad at some of the examples I used. That was by design to get your attention. This is a podcast, right? When you allow yourself to open your mind to the fact that you are doing things, even if they're dysfunctional, bad, unhealthy, because you're getting a benefit from them, on the other side of that is the acceptance that you're doing it because you're making a choice to do it because you're getting a benefit. As soon as you do that and you have that little epiphany, that little realization you will be. You take the first step to stop doing it because you're going to realize that nothing's being done to you. You're doing it to yourself. There's nothing wrong with your genetics. You're you're just eating those donuts. The genetics don't make you eat the donuts. There's nothing wrong with your shin splints, your bad knees. Well, maybe they are because you haven't worked out. There's nothing. You have. No, there's no reason why you can't be rich where your money works for you. You no longer work for your money. You just don't want to do what you don't want to do when you don't want to do it. You don't want to have to be uncomfortable. So. The benefit to you of not being uncomfortable is that you don't have to be uncomfortable. But what's the cost of it? How much chances are everyone listening to this show, here's a scary thought, but true. You probably have fewer days to live ahead of you than you did behind you. In other words, you probably already lived a bulk of your life. Everyone listening, that's just probably true. Sad, right? But true. So what the hell are you waiting for, honestly? I mean, you only live once and you're dead a real long time. Is really being comfortable, is that really the payoff you thought it would be? Look, this message and what Julie and I say is not for everyone. I get that. But eventually it will be if you ever decide to transcend the current version of yourself. We had to. you know. Millions of you should consider following in that path because the other side of it is far, far beyond anything that you can even possibly imagine. The quality of your life and the influence you can have on others and your ability to be of help to other people, every aspect of your life will dramatically change if you just open your mind to some of the concepts that we're sharing with you guys. We had to learn most of these things the hard way. We didn't read these in the book or have anyone tell us. We learned it from coaching. We learned it from our own personal lives. Learn from us, guys. Use this information to better your lives. And when you do, the unintended consequences of you bettering yourself is you're going to improve the lives of everyone around you kind of magic, don't you think? So listen, if there's anything we can do for you, it's Tim at TimAndJulieHarris.com or Julie at com. You have a fantastic day. We'll talk to you on the show tomorrow. This program has been a presentation by Tim and Julie Harris Real Estate Coaching. For more information on our real estate coaching and training programs, visit our website at
1: TimAndJulieHarris.com. Remember to tune in weekdays at noon for upcoming shows. And until next time,